0: I adore sales. I've worked with sales my entire career. It is rare for, you know, a seller to say that marketing is the reason versus I'm the reason.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go.
2: Sangram here, welcome to another episode of Takeover Tuesday. This is third in the series that Daniel Rodriguez, who is the head of Revenue uh, at Alice, and he's doing again a phenomenal job with bringing really, really amazing people. So, if you haven't heard so far, go back to Tuesdays and you will hear Lisa Ames from LucidWorks talking and demystifying what account based marketing is all about. Then, you had Dave ragotti who actually went through this phenomenal journey of Visible to Marketo to Adobe and still continue to do ABM. And uh, I cannot wait to hear who you have now in this series and what this series is all about. So Daniel, again, welcome to this show.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Sangram. And again, thank you to the Flip My Funnel community for having me. So this is, we're calling this series All In on ABM. These are insights from marketing tech leaders. And this episode that we're about to listen to is a conversation that I had with Lauren Vaccarello. So she was previously at Box. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about having this conversation with her and what I learned in this conversation was that launching an ABM strategy at a larger company isn't necessarily something where you just say, okay, we're going from no ABM to full ABM. Yeah. There are phases and there are ways of doing that successfully. And I think Lauren has had that success. And I think that following her path of being able to do a little bit more of a smaller version and then make it a larger version, I think was,
2: was something that a lot of people will probably find aspirational. That is fantastic, man. Is there something that you feel like as you're having this is the third one, I know you have one more to go, which is which is again going to be phenomenal. Are you seeing like a consistent pattern of sorts in these uh, interviews of how people are thinking about ABM, how they're doing it is it is something starting to make like more sense to you or be mystified for yourself? I mean, I think that if there's one specific thing that all of these
3: have in, in common, it would be that you have to have alignment with your sales team about which accounts you are doing things for. Yeah. It starts there. The programs that are being executed, the degree to which you are investing all of your programs and people into into that approach or not can vary. I'm talking to people that have been all in and that's why we're doing this series. But if you don't start off with the right accounts and get the alignment with sales about those accounts, in particular, having sales be involved in the selection of those accounts, I just think that you won't have the foundation that you need in order, in order to build on top of it.
2: I love that. I love that insight, man. So let's go.
1: All right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining another episode where I, Daniel Rodriguez, Head of Revenue at Alice, is the guest host. Thank you so much to the community here at Flip My Funnel and the Sangroom for allowing me this opportunity to guest host. I'm really excited today. I'm joined by Lauren Vaccarello. Lauren, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background? Because once they hear about your background, they're going to want to hear the rest.
0: Awesome. That is a great introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So a little bit about me. I'm Lauren Vaccarello. I am a longtime marketer. I think I've been doing this for 16 years. I've run digital at companies like Salesforce. I ran a global marketing for AdRoll. I was VP of marketing at Fox. I also co-host a podcast called Marketing Trends where it is marketing interviews twice a week. So I love uh, podcasting and everything. So that is a little bit about me. Oh, I wrote a couple of books on marketing years ago. These, my big pitch for them is my best friend likes to tell me that when her daughter has trouble sleeping, she breaks out the books, kid goes right to bed. Uh, So if any of you have unruly children, great books for you.
1: That's amazing. Actually, I recently, I recently saw, I don't know if it was, I forget where I was watching it, maybe on Vice News or something. There's a very famous podcast where a guy has his own niche carved out where he puts people to sleep who by like reading inane things basically. So you might, maybe we should offer this book up to him to read.
0: I, I think I should. You know what? I think it'll be like a 45 second if you really, really want to go deep on like marketing automation tactics from five years ago. This is, these are where it's at.
1: This is the stuff we actually all dork out on. So we can joke about that, putting kids to sleep, but this Mm -hmm. is actually the stuff that helps us get promotions. So people should probably Mm -hmm. actually check that out. Um, So we're going to, we're going to dive in today. The topic of ABM, very near and dear to your heart, my heart, the hearts of all the listeners here. And in this episode, we're really going to break down and focus on some of the programs that you've actually run and had success with both at Box and then also, also previously, I think you're going to touch on. So, so let's dive in and talk about this. Because at Box, from my understanding, you know, ABM, was it kind of a multi-step evolution, or was it just like one big, huge project that you launched out of the gates?
0: So well, it was very, very much a multi-step evolution. So I'll give you a little bit of background on how it all started. So for anyone who's not familiar with Box, Box is a cloud content management company, well over 80,000 customers, and they have A large percentage of the Fortune 500, but if you think about the math, if you have, call it 60% of the Fortune 500 and over 80,000 customers, there's some sort of delta that's missing. So, Box has this really unique proposition where they've got this large volume of small, small to medium sized customers, but also they all go after sort of the Fortune 500 enterprise companies. So, when I got there, we looked at strategies and said, we need a totally different approach when you're going against the volume based side of the business, when you're going up market. So, myself and my team introduced this whole idea of account based marketing. So, we're coming in, we want to launch account based marketing, but it is a totally new proposition to the company a few years ago. And, you know, you're the new head of marketing, you're coming in, I've got this great new idea. And obviously, you know, salespeople love totally new, unproven ideas with new metrics. Like, I really, reality. So, what we did is we said, "You know what? We're going to get buy-in, and we're going to prove this out first. We don't know what we don't know." So, the way you would do this, the way you would do this at a normal company, is you work top down, you build your account list, you do all this work. We took a totally different approach because. We knew it was not going to get up and running sort of as fast as we like. So we talked to some of the AEs and we found the most excited, most influential account executives at Box and said, let's, as marketing, find these AEs that we have great relationships with. And let's say we want to run a pilot with them. And let's have them give us the accounts that they're having trouble getting. AEs in different territories. It is not done scientifically. It is not the right way to do things. But we get about 35 accounts from these AEs. So we sit and we start building out our account-based marketing program. And I can tell you more about the details of it, but you get these 35 accounts. We have weekly calls with the AEs with progress. We're profiling these accounts. We're helping them get new leads. We're helping them get meetings into these accounts. Then we're helping them, once they have meetings, inviting these accounts to field events, doing more with the accounts at sponsored events and really having this regular cadence of communication from the marketing side. So what ends up happening is this is actually making progress for the AEs. So they're super excited and they're coming in and they're starting to hit their numbers. And they're now telling their other uh, sales peers, marketing is doing this thing that's pretty cool. And it's starting to work. And the reason I got into this account is because marketing, which... I mean, I adore sales. I've worked with sales my entire career. It is rare for you know a seller to say that marketing is the reason versus I'm the reason. So we're getting great wins and this is starting to bubble up to the ADPs. It's starting to bubble up to the the global head of sales. So we run this pilot. We've got some good initial results. I want to say, if I remember the numbers correctly, we ended up um, getting some land opportunities, so some early deals and early wins in about a third of the companies. So we're like, okay? this has got momentum, head of sales hears about it, more AE starts saying, I want to do this. So when we're planning for the next fiscal year, rather than doing this completely unscientific A-driven approach, we sat down with the head of sales and said, we did 35 accounts, what do we want to do this year? So we came up with 150 accounts planned together, that was probably 90% given to us by sales, 10% by marketing, and really expanded it. The second full year that we did it, we had about a 1,000 accounts that was completely planned hand-in-hand hand with sales and marketing. Sales submitted their list of accounts. Marketing had a bunch of predictive data that we used predictive analytics and said, based on intent signals, here's our accounts, here's your accounts. We went through everything together, had majority of sales accounts, and there was a lot of overlap between what we were looking at It settled on a, a target list, and then that became the plan for the third year. So it was very much this methodical approach. So it's a program that gets buy-in by the company and by sort of all of the sellers. The last thing you want to do is have marketing come in and say, this is what I have, I'm standing on this pedestal, you all have to listen to me.
1: So you're saying it was an evolution that that was three phases basically, okay. and it was three full years in um, its evolution?
0: The first phase that was more opportunistic with the, the sellers was about a quarter long. That was a little over a quarter long, getting sort of excitement and buy-in that we did for planning for the following fiscal year. So we had a smaller program the first fiscal year to actually, the first full fiscal year to actually prove the whole thing out. This is working. This is how much budget we're going to invest. This is how much we're going to spend. This is how we're going to track results. And then the second full year is when we actually blew out the program.
1: So let's talk about, I think, both phases of that program blow up, because I think what people are wanting to get out of this episode is, what should that program mix look like? You know, it's probably not just doing a single thing, and it shouldn't be. So why don't you walk people through in as much detail as, as they could handle right now? You know, if they're just listening, walking somewhere, maybe they're going to want to stop and take some notes here. But like, what were the actual different channels? How did those channels interact with each other? Was this all digital? Was there any physical component?
0: So it's a combination of sort of online and offline. And what I love about marketing is the, how you can mix sort of the digital world and the analog world, world to have bigger results. So a couple of things. First, what we ended up doing was what's the right stage to target? So when you're thinking about sitting down, say, with your sales organization or even your customer success organization and across go to market and saying, what do we want to do? There's a couple of ways to look at it. So are we are we targeting unknowns? So are we going to target companies where we have zero... We really don't have any contacts. We have no print, no account penetration, um, which honestly is going to be the hardest thing to do. And that may be road to sow. I don't know if I'd recommend starting that way, but you never know. You also have another stage that's really going after using account-based marketing for... Existing accounts where you're doing a little bit of prospecting, so there's a, they're a little bit engaged, and you're really trying to sort of up your game. You can also look at customers where you have really low penetration, but maybe you can your total addressable market in your account says a thousand seats, and you've got fifty. So you can start looking at where you've got low deployment, low penetration. You want to go deeper there. Or you can do the fourth thing, which is these are existing customers and I want to sell more products. So this is one of the initial phases of where do you want to, where do you want to start? And I'll run through some of the tactics that we use. And you can really use these across all of these different targets and all of these, di- all of these different stages. Uh, and it's how account-based ba- account marketing can be used really throughout the entire customer lifecycle. So how we started this. One of the first things that we did, and we really feel the role of marketing is in account-based marketing, is what can we do for account intelligence? What are we going to do for account profiling, for contact acquisition? What we don't want to have to happen is you have account executives or OBRs who are sitting there trying to figure out who the right buyer is. And the thing is, when you're when you're running an account-based marketing program, you're going to be selling to a large company. And in a large company, there's multiple buyers, multiple people you need to talk to. So it's not about getting that one director of IT. There's a lot more than one. So how do we make sure you have all the information about the account that you need? Do you have the right people? Is it the right information? Then we looked at what can we do in terms of driving awareness, driving engagement. So part of the role of marketing in an account-based program is are are we providing air coverage? And you could do that through things. And this is, you're going to see a little bit more digital. Can you do targeted advertising? Uh, Do you want to run ads on LinkedIn? Do you want to do CRM retargeting? What can you do there? Can you start to build custom nurture programs within these specific target accounts? So when you are acquiring their contact information, when they are filling out forms, what can you do to put them in the right funnel? What are you doing with regards to social and targeting them on social? So you're going to create this sort of digital ecosystem, digital bubble around them. The next thing that's really important to us is what are we doing with regards to corporate events? What are we doing with regard to corporate events and any sort of in-person tactics? So I'll talk a little bit about the difference when I'm thinking corporate events to event sponsorships versus field marketing. One of the things that I love to do when I've got a, a big event sponsorship program is how do I make sure... My accounts that are sitting relatively close to specific corporate events or sponsored events, how do I make sure they show up so they're not just you know having sales call down on us, they're not just seeing our ads on the internet, but if they' are going to a massive trade show, if there's a massive trade show in their area, how do I make sure they come to the trade show, they see us there, and then we're also creating these sort of moments of serendipity, moments of opportunity for our sellers. To meet our target accounts and our target contacts in real life. And having the third party event is a really nice, sort of serendipitous place to do that. And then also with the account based marketing program, we do a ton of sales enablement. So, and that for us was weekly calls or bi weekly calls with the sales team. This is what's going out. Here's the campaigns that are being run. Here's all the ways that we're engaging with your accounts. And here's how you can track this, see this, here's the right content and materials for you. And then after we're providing account intelligence, we're driving awareness and initial engagement. The, a big piece after that is really what are we doing to help sales really land these new accounts? So we're going to, in addition to the awareness, can we help them set appointments? So this is an area that you can go back and forth on. I've done this pretty well and had some good successes especially going into newer verticals having marketing work on appointment sets, so we've hired outsource agencies and said i will pay you x amount of dollars if you can get me an in-person meeting with my seller with someone with this title this level with these contacts and you're always going to say we can have obrs or inside salespeople calling down and doing cold calling on these accounts but candidly, your sales team likely had, your AEs likely have a lot more accounts they're selling into than just their, their ABM accounts. So their OBRs may or may not have enough time to do this. They may be focused on other things. So I've seen marketing helping pick up the load and saying, we'll take this on. Another tip for account-based marketing is your account-based marketing program should be well-integrated with your field marketing program. So if you're running field marketing events how do you make sure your accounts and your ABM program are also being invited to these being invited to the events? And you're really thinking about everything from what's the content at the event? Is it going to be relevant to my ABM accounts? To who are they sitting next to? How do I make sure everything about their experience at the event is completely tailored? And once these accounts and contacts move through the funnel and they're attending your your events, we've used things like. EICs, which are basically executive briefings, and use those to sort of keep moving them along.
1: That's awesome. There's a there's a lot there. And I I wanna actually stay there and keep and and keep this focused because a lot of folks then they realize they can't give equal treatment to every type of account. Yes. So did you did you treat different types of accounts, different accounts differently? And if so, how did you figure out who got what? And then what were those, what were those different treatments?
0: that people? It's a great question. So in the, in the beginning, we didn't do this with a ton of accounts. So it was 30, 35 accounts and it was a hundred, 150 accounts. So when it was that small, for the most part, we could give that level of treatment to, to everybody. And even though we had at the time one, one and a half people focused on account-based marketing full-time, we also pulled in our field marketing team. So they played a role. We pulled in our digital team. So they played a role. But once we got to a thousand accounts, everything had to be tiered of who are we putting in, in which bucket? What accounts have the highest propensity to buy the biggest potential deals that we'll end up doing a little bit more on. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to have ABM? And then what is sort of your ABM light program look like? The things that everyone will get is, you know what, we can do contact acquisition and account profiling for all of these accounts. We can do some degrees of digital for all of these accounts. And you know what? With all of these accounts, we can invite them to all of our field events. And we can run reporting on all of this. For things sort of deeper engagement with the deeper engagement with the accounts, having the appointment setting may not go for the ABM light. This might just be I'm going to drive awareness. I'm going to invite you to events. I'll see what I can do, but sales has to do a little bit more on those, or they'll get more. They will get prioritized higher potentially later in the year.
1: So is that, is it, was that the terminology you actually used to communicate it to people? Yeah. This was like these are ABM, and these are ABM light. Kind of yes. tier one tier. two, But you said those words.
0: Yes, and it was ABM or ABM light inside the company, sort of tier one, tier two has so many different meetings and there's, and this is probably the same in every company where you use the same nomenclature to talk about different things. So we kind of stayed away from here's tier one accounts, here's tier two accounts, because uh, for example, our customer success organization had here's tier one, here's tier two. And we just did not want to confuse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and, and because uh, when I was chatting with you before, the, the term plays actually yes. having played with, how did that relate to your ABM or ABM Lite? Was that they they got their own plays? Yes.
0: Yeah, so we use um we use play the word the term plays a lot. So here's going to be ABM plays we're going to use and account profiling could be one of the plays or we're going to do a call down campaign on these accounts as potential plays. So in sort of our ABM or ABM Lite program, we'll just run a different series of plays.
1: The difference between the play that you get for ABM and then what you take away from that for, for ABM light.
0: We're actually part of it is going to be spent. We are going to spend more money for a larger sort of top tier ABM accounts versus our ABM, uh, ABM light accounts. Just, you can't spend, you can, if it's your entire marketing, the entire way you go to market, you can spend more money. But since this was we had to run our ABM program and we had a lot of other sort of programs, including our volume base. We just didn't have an infinite amount of money. So in our core ABM accounts, we can spend X amount of dollars more and our sort of ABM light accounts. We're not going to have the same spend volume. We're going to reduce spend on digital, on social. Everyone can get invited to a field marketing event. We would love to have all of you there, but other things we're just going to reduce. Got
1: it. All right. um, Last, last question before, uh, before the bonus, uh, what's one thing you could go back? And if you could go back and do it all over again, um, that you'd done done a
0: Great question. The way we started account-based marketing, honestly, was not as efficient and just the hardest road to sell. We started with accounts that we had pretty much zero penetration in absolutely no luck whatsoever. And to be candid, marketing had to prove itself. We had to show that this is going to work and we had to really get the buy-in from sales. And at the time where this, when this program was launched, the relationship between sales and marketing was really tenuous. And we really had to go in and build trust. I had just joined the company and it was about how do we build trust with the organization and how do we probably take on a little bit more of the heavy lifting so we said, what are the accounts you're having? No luck in. We're going to go and we will appear. If I could do this again, and we actually, you know, launch ABM at a, another company and think about this in another organization, that's always going to be your hardest path. Look at, maybe you start this from an expansion perspective, or you've got small penetration, or you want to do this from an expansion perspective. It, it will be a much easier way to kick off your program and a much easier way to start. Also. The best way when you're coming up with who your target accounts are, having the both from a strategic perspective building the account in the same time as you're also looking at what does all the data say because the first full year we did this, it was sales tell us what accounts you want. The second year it was sales tell us what accounts you want, and here's all of this additional data That's the best place to start is. Get sales input, but use real data, use predictive analytics, use intent information, and come up with that sort of list. Uh, if I could do the whole program again, it would be easier accounts to go after and using uh, the, basically the way we did um, coming with the target list in year two.
1: Awesome. That is great. Well, thank you very much. You've now completed the regular portion of this episode, and on to the bonus round.
0: Love bonus rounds.
1: Okay, we'll see if you are still feeling that way in a second. Do you like to sing?
0: You know what? I grew up in the Bronx, so my singing voice is not so hot. I'm not J-Lo. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to do a fun, complete-this-song game okay. where we'll sing a lyric and then you have to sing what comes next in the song. I forget, there's like a show that does this. I forget the name of the show. I did not make this up. Okay. I don't want anybody accusing me of trying to say I made this game up. This is not a this is, this okay. is me of a different game this is just us having fun so you'll try to finish that line and then you, and then you'll tell me what the song is okay okay we'll do, we'll do three of these okay okay um,
0: i am known for singing the wrong words to popular songs fairly regularly so well
1: this would be great so these are all <laughs> these are all popular they have been around some of been around for a lot longer than others yeah. and if you sing the wrong words but then you get the song correct i think that this judge one will to give you we'll have to give you credit so we'll just we'll just see how all right here we go ready okay i want to run i want to hide
0: i want to tear down walls i want to touch the sky (laughs) (laughs) that was
1: that was almost the correct lyric spoken by the way we're looking for a little intimation here i believe it's I want to tear down the
0: walls and hold oh, me inside. Oh, yeah. Oh. What what? It's you, too. It's you, too. I've got to sing the rest of the song in my head. <laughs> in my head. I'm, I'm crumbling under pressure. Oh' the inside. I think my favorite part about that was your prediction <laughs> that, you,
1: that you give the wrong words. Came true immediately <laughs> for the audience. I hope everyone has really enjoyed that. All right.
0: But the words were so similar.
1: So so similar. Sky and, inside. They, they rhymed anyway. You were you were you were rhyming the words. All right, mm-hmm. This is uh, where the streets have no name. Uh, Street uh,
0: no name. Yes. Streets. Ta- <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to give you partial credit for that. Okay, you are going to get zero.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll take a half point for that one. All
1: right.
2: Here we go. All right.
0: This woman is my destiny. Ooh, ooh, shut up and dance with me. <laughs> yes, there it is. Shut up and dance. I, I do love that song.
1: Great song. Very catchy. Song. Actually, I, put, I paired these together because I think that the guitar part, if people go back and now listen to it, this would be my homework. Mm-hmm. Besides re-listening to this episode so you get all of Lauren's awesome ABM points, the guitar part on Where the Streets Have No Name reminds me a lot of the guitar yeah. part in Walk the Moon, yes. uh, in Shut uh, Up and Dance. Uh, it feels like a very 80s, like they got a little 80s vibe going with that guitar. Okay. That was correct. You have 1.5 out of 2. All right. Here we go. Okay.
0: She's
1: a good girl. Love your mama.
0: Love Jesus. And America too. <laughs> Yes. That is- <laughs> and
1: what, what song is it?
0: Free Fallen.
1: Free Fallen by Tom Petty. Woo-hoo! Oh, Tom Petty. Very, very good. Great sport and hope that you had as much with that as I, as I did. That's, that's always a lot of fun. Having people on the hot seat. So again, thank you very much. And uh, let people know where they can where they can follow you on, on
0: social. Sure. Follow me on Twitter at Lauren V. I don't say a ton there. Uh, add me or follow me on LinkedIn. It's just Lauren Baccarello. Uh, that is where I actually sh- probably share more content.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it.
0: So thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast.